I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been talking to you about something that people really resent. And that is what God said when He said, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That's in Isaiah 45 and 7. Of course, I taught you what that was about. That was about Cyrus, the Persian monarch, attacking Babylon to overtake Babylon. Babylon back then was what we call Iraq right now. That was that was Babylon right there. Babylon was on the Euphrates River. Euphrates and the Tigris run together down here, and they meet just about 100 miles north of the Persian Gulf. And you can see that Babylon and Iraq are the same thing, just like Persia and Iran and Afghanistan and all the stands are all the that's all Persia uh, up in this area and like I said this is this is the Bible lands right here right there that's Bible lands on the Mediterranean Sea that's what the Bible says the beast rises out of the sea and it does because the beast was the Babylonian lion the Persian bear the the Grecian lion and the beast with iron teeth was Rome. That's the beast rising up out of this sea. Now, I don't know how preachers preach without maps. You can't make it clear to anybody. You can see that, can't you? It's very it's very simple. It's not simple if you don't have maps in front of you. Not simple for people to place it in their minds. Now, I've been talking about how God creates evil. He said He did. And what I want to do, I'm going through this paper. It's talking about, this is a paper that I did about 25, 30 years ago. Uh, The title is, Does God Create Evil? And it's got right under that, I will not pity. When he creates evil, he says, I will not pity. You had no pity for my name, and I have none for you. He says, when I bring all this evil upon Israel, I'll have no pity for our sons or daughters or old or old men and old women or children. I'll kill everybody. And God did that continually. Now, I'm going to give you all these, a lot of these verses where he says he creates evil. I've started to go into this situation with with Ahab being the king of northern Israel. You had northern Israel and you had southern Israel. And of course they were split into two nations because of Solomon's wickedness. Solomon was a righteous king and God loved Solomon And he put it in Solomon's heart to do this. You say, what do you mean he put it in Solomon's heart to do this? I'll show you that. If this was, if this is the Mediterranean Sea, this is Egypt, that's the Delta land, where the water overflows on the land, this is the Nile River, and this is Israel here. This is Israel, and up here is Lebanon what we call Lebanon 
And they called that Phoenicia before that, P-H-O-E-N-I-C-I-A. And during the time of the Old Testament, the name of that place was Tyre and Sidon. And Tyre and Sidon was the home of, it was part of the home of Baal and the grove. Baal was the sun god. The grove was the tree goddess. Grove. Now, the part I'm going to discuss with you is that Ahab, at the time that Ahab was the king of northern Israel. I've got a map over here, and it shows you all the kings of northern Israel and southern Israel. This would be northern Israel here, and this would be southern Israel, or southern Israel was called the land of Judah. Judah. And it was comprised of two tribes, the tribe of Judah. And since the king would come out of Judah, that's why they would call southern Israel Judah. But it was southern Israel. And it was comprised of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And when you look at a map that we've got over here, you look at a map of Israel, how that it was divided up. This is Philistia, or the land of the Philistines. There's Ashkelon, Ashdod, and Gath. Goliath came from Gath. And Gaza, the Gaza Strip, that's called the Gaza Strip in our day and time. So then you had up here. Now here's why I believe they, that God put southern Judah, southern Israel, He put Benjamin with southern Israel because in the land of Benjamin is Jerusalem. That's where the temple is and that's where the king has to sit and rule from. So this is Judah. The king always comes from Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet till Shiloh come. That's a, that's a title for Christ. And northern Israel is comprised of these other tribes. One tribe is not mentioned on there, Levi. But the tribe of Levi was the priesthood, and they lived all over Israel. Simeon is down here right in the middle of Judah. I believe he's there because he was a he was a hard-nosed, wicked, had a wickedness about him. He's the one that stirred up Levi to go with him to go kill uh, Hamor and his son Shechem because Shechem had an affair with Jacob's only daughter Dinah, had a sexual affair. And so Simon, Simeon says, let's go kill them. They couldn't kill them. They were... They were a force to be reckoned with, and Simeon and and Shechem—I uh, mean, excuse me—Nahor and, and Shechem, Hamor and Shechem, asked Jacob, "Can we be a part of your land?" They said, "Yes, you can." Jacob said, "Yes, you can," but you got to be circumcised to be a part of Israel. So they said, "We will be." And Jacob says, "That'll make you our brother." Well, while. While they were being circumcised, they were living up here in the land of northern Israel. Shechem was. Shechem was a city named after him up here. And so they got together. Simeon and Levi got together and attacked them while they were circumcised, while they were hurting, and they couldn't defend themselves. 
And Jacob says, you've become a disgrace, Simeon, to Israel. And my promise to Shechem and Hamor that they could be Jews. And so I believe that's why God put Simeon right down here in the middle of Judah to control him. Because, boy, he was, a, he was the second born of Jacob. And he was some kind of character. Now, I'm talking about the fact that Ahab... I'm talking about God creating evil. God creates evil, part three. God creates evil. I don't know how long it will take me to go through this. Part three. Part three. Now, I want to go to where we find the death of Ahab. That will be the 22nd chapter of 1 Kings. This is the death of Ahab. Why would God want to kill Ahab? Well, he had every reason to. Ahab was very wicked. What he did, what Ahab did, he went up here in 1 Kings, the 16th chapter. He had a palace up here at a place called Jezreel. And that was in northern Israel. It was in the northern part of northern Israel. Northern Israel was called Israel. And the reason God split the nations was because Solomon, the first king, man-king, was Saul. And then after Saul, God set up David to be king after that. Then after David, you had Solomon. And Solomon in that in that twelfth uh, chapter of First Kings, excuse me, eleventh chapter, First Kings, eleven. Solomon allowed his seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. A concubine was a secondary wife. They could have babies. So Solomon had 700 women and 300 secondary wives that had women that had children. And all these he had sexual relationships with and they had, he had tons of children. Well, because he kept these, all these women were pagan. And they, they kept their gods in Israel. Solomon let them keep their Shemash and their Bolek gods and their Ashtaroth. Shemash, which is the sun god of southern uh, Jordan, which is right next door to Israel. And Molech, and they kept all these gods. So because Solomon allowed his wife to do this, God split the land into two nations. And southern Judah had the king. But northern Israel was ruled by Ephraim, the second born of, of Joseph. And Ephraim got the inheritance. So Ephraim owned the land. If, if Solomon had behaved himself, he would have owned the land. But <clears throat> Ephraim had the inheritance. Anytime you see, you read about Ephraim, long after he's dead, it's talking about northern Israel. 
if it mentions Samaria, it's talking about northern Israel. So Samaria and Ephraim would be synonyms for the same thing. Or just Israel. It was called Israel. And what what Ahab did, he since his palace was up here on the border, close to the border of Tyre and Sidon, he sees a woman named Jezebel, and she had to be good looking because he had his choice of all the women in Israel. And he sees her, and she's beautiful, and he marries her and brings her down into northern Israel, brings her gods down, which is Baal in the grove. Baal was the sun god. He brought Baal in the grove down into northern Israel. And God says, just for that, I'll, He says, I'll do, I'll do some things that you're not going to like. He says, I'm going to end up killing Ahab. Ahab wasn't just, it was just that they're gods that were after. He married this woman, Jezebel, and Jezebel, if you'll notice, on the end of our name is Bel. Bel means confounder. Bel, and that it comes from the word B A A L. Bel, when you look in the McClinic and Strong at Hercules, it will tell you it is the Tyrian Bel. The Tyrian Baal are the Baal of Tyre, which is directly above Israel, the same system that that Ahab brought down into into northern Israel. So it's the Tyrian Baal. So God is getting fed up with Ahab. When he brings Jezebel down and brings her gods down, he sets up temples in northern Israel for Baal and the grove. That's the same system that Constantine brought in the church in 325 A.D. and renamed the Christ Mass. How do you know that, Jim? Well, because, because, Revelation 17 and 5 says Babylon mothered all idolatry. She gave birth to and mothered all idol worship, all idolatry. So if you can find any idols in Israel, which you can, Baal in the grove and grove for 500 years, From first Samuel, actually from First Kings, you don't see much about Bell in the Grove in First and Second Samuel. That's a battle between Saul and David over the crown of Israel. First and Second Samuel, they're not getting into Bell in the Grove there. They get into Bell in the Grove in First Kings, especially under Solomon's reign in the 11th chapter of 1 Kings, and in the 16th chapter of 1 Kings, that's where that uh, Ahab 
sets up temples in northern Israel, Ahab, sets up temples in northern Israel for the Baal and the Grove. When that happens, all of the Levites head south. The Levites, Levi was the third son of Jacob, Levi, and out of him would come all of the priesthood. And they say, we don't want anything to do with that. So they leave town, come south. Well, because of this, when he marries Jezebel from up here, this is what institutes the wrath of God and his anger against Israel. This is where he says, I'm going to kill Ahab. Ahab wasn't just going after other gods. Jezebel was, and anybody who would not bow to her grove goddesses and her Baal gods, she would have them killed. She was a murderous woman. In fact, one of the first things that one of the most one of the most interesting things that we find is in that nineteenth chapter of First Kings, you have to understand something about the land of Israel. God said in Exodus, the land is mine. You can't buy it or sell it or give it to anybody. He did not allow these people. He says you cannot if you live in the land of Judah, if you live in the land of Ephraim, you cannot sell to somebody in Manasseh. The land stays with the tribes it's in. What did they do? He said, I don't want you intermarrying even in the tribes, much less the Gentiles. I want you to marry within your tribes and marry your sisters and your brothers. And that's what they were basically. And whenever somebody would marry out, if some girls would run across some guy in the tribe of Manasseh and fall in love with him, whenever he died, the land would stay with the women till they died and then it would go back to the original tribe. That's the way God kept order in Israel. Now, let me show you how evil Ahab was. He was just wicked. And he was an Israelite. That's what's amazing. You'd think that he was... This is the chart of the kings. This is all the kings of northern Israel. Northern Israel up here. And this is the kings of southern Judah. When God carried northern Israel away, Hoshea was the king... And there was, this was the surviving kingdom was just southern Judah. This is the divided kingdom between northern Israel and southern Judah. This is the united kingdom. Only three kings were doing it when it was one kingdom. Saul, David, and Solomon. Because of Solomon's sin, God split the thing into two nations. But it's all of them are Israelites. Now, because of God's laws concerning the land, you cannot sell the land. When you go over here to the 19th chapter, in the 19th chapter, I'm, I'm in the wrong place here. And excuse me, not the 19th chapter, the 21st chapter. Excuse me, I'm sorry. The 21st chapter of 1 Kings. Now remember, 
Ahab is up here in his palace near Jezreel, right next door to Tyre and Sidon. That's probably how he ended up meeting Jezebel at some party one night, and she was good looking, and he thought, I want her. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, he was a man of northern Israel, he was a righteous man of God. Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel. He had a vineyard right next door to Ahab's palace. And Ahab wanted it. Which was in Jezreel hard by, which means right beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Samaria means northern Israel. There was a town named Samaria up in northern Israel, and they eventually got calling the entire nation Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I'll give thee the worth of it in money. And it was against God's law for Naboth to do that. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbids me to do that. Don't you know that, you being an Israelite? That I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto you? You know that's against the law, not just for me, but everybody in Israel. You can't give away your land. And Ahab came into his heavy house heavy and displeased because the word of Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he had said, I will give thee the inheritance of my fathers. He says, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed. This is Ahab crying. And turned away his face and wouldn't eat no bread. He was just so mad and so sad. What a jerk. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said, Hey, big boy, what's wrong with you? Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And Ahab said unto her, because I spoke unto Naboth the Jezreelite and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. He didn't say that. He said, The Lord forbids me to do that, didn't he? That's what he said. Ahab's lying right here. Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Aren't you the governor? Can't you do anything you want to do? Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, eat bread. Let thine heart be merry. I'll get the land for you. She's a witch. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. The thing is, he's going to let her do it. He knows she's underhanded and sneaky and a witch and a liar and a thief and a killer. Because she had been killing, the Bible says it over there in the in the previous chapters in the eighteenth chapter, he'd been killing she had been killing a lot of the priests of God. She'd killed a lot of people. And she wrote letters in Ahab's name. She's 
she's a forger too, and sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast, and set Naboth on high among the people, and set two men, two witnesses. She's setting herself up for execution here. Set up two men, two witnesses, sons of Belial before him, to bear witness against him, saying, You've blasphemed God. Naboth was a righteous man. You have to remember Deuteronomy 19. That goes right with this. You need to write this down. Deuteronomy, the 19th chapter. It was God's law that two witnesses would establish anything, but they had to be righteous witnesses. They could not be false witnesses. Now, what she's doing... She's setting up her own execution 13 years after Ahab is dead. Now, look in Deuteronomy, the 19th chapter. This applies to Jezebel right here. In Deuteronomy 19, One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity. Verse 15 or for any sin, in any sin that this, that he sinneth, at the mouth of two witnesses, or the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. But they had to be honest witnesses. Notice what he says after this. If a false witness rise up against any man, now Jezebel's raising up two false witnesses, sons of Belial, another name for Satan. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him, that which is wrong, and that's what she's doing, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priest and the judges, which shall be in those days, and the judges shall make diligent inquisition, and behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, and that's what she's doing, then shall ye do unto him or her as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. So we go back over here to Naboth. And she says, I'll get the land for you. And she raises up two men in verse 10 of chapter 21 of 1 Kings. Sons of Belial, evil men, before him to bear witness against him. Two witnesses. And they're going to lie. Saying, but it's her doing the lying because she's hired them. It's like when a mob head or mafia head, one of the family heads, gives orders for somebody to kill. It's not the guy that's giving the orders to kill. It's the mob boss that's responsible for that in the eyes of God. And thou dost blaspheme God and the king and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of his city, even the elders of the nobles 
who were in the inhabitants in his city did as Jezebel had sent them and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people they lifted him up and started praising him but they've witnessed against him said he's blasphemed God then came the two men the two witnesses that Jezebel had hired children of Bilal and sat before him and the men of Bilal witnessed against him even against Naboth the righteous man of God who owned that piece of land right next to Ahab's palace in the presence of the people saying Naboth did blaspheme God these two lying witnesses and the king then they carried him out forth out of the city and stoned him with stones and he died this righteous man at the mouth of Jezebel died and it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead that Jezebel said they have arise take possession of the vineyard of Naboth he's dead the Jezreelite which he refused to give thee for money for Naboth is not alive but he's dead now I'm going to read to you what the prophet Elijah says he's got, God's going to do to them too would it be wrong for God to kill them would it be evil or would it be evil on the world's side and it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite and to take possession of it. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, and give him the bad news, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whither he has gone down to possess it. Men are always the same when it comes to land and money and possessions. They'll cheat, they'll lie, they'll steal to get it. I saw that going in real estate. And thou shalt speak unto Ahab, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession and thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall the blood shall the dogs lick thy blood also. It'll be in the same place. God's going to arrange it. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? Oh, that is so funny. He'd already met Elijah one time before in the 18th chapter. said, have you found me, my enemy? Ahab, you're the one that married Jezebel and brought her gods into Israel. You're the enemy. He always telling Elijah that. You're, you, have you found me, my enemy? Uh, you've caused all this to happen in Israel. No, you caused it, Ahab. He answered, I have found thee because thou sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, this is God's prophet speaking for God. 
Behold, I will bring evil upon you, Ahab. This is God's word. You don't think God creates evil? He's going to bring evil upon Ahab like you ain't ever seen before. And will take away thy posterity, will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall. That's what men do to keep from splattering all over everything. They find a wall or place to urinate. What God is saying, you're not even going to have any sons before this is over with. I'm going to kill you and your sons. There's a man that comes along later on. His name is Jehu. And Ahab has got 70 sons. And Elisha, who is the prophet after Elijah, comes along and says, God sent me to anoint you, Jehu. God wants you to go kill all of the seed royal that belong to Ahab. He's got 70 sons. I want their heads in a basket here where I am. What Ahab did and Jezebel did, and he told Jehu, I want you to go up after he kills all of Ahab's sons. It fulfills. Do you think that's murder? If God wants to kill somebody, he kills who he wants to, and it's evil, and he brings it wherever he wants to, but God is not under the law. So when he says, I'm going to bring evil upon you, that is a simple statement, but what he brings upon Ahab is phenomenal killing. And him that is shut up and left in Israel, I'm going to kill all you kids. They're all going to be dead before this is over with. But first, I'm going to start with you. God's going to kill Ahab. I will make thine house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Jeroboam was an evil king. If you'll notice, he's on the top of the list of the kings on the right-hand side. He brought golden calf into Israel to keep Israel from going back down south and joining Rehoboam. Long story. And like the house of Baasha, just a wicked king. Baasha's down the line there. Baasha only has a couple of verses. He's the third one down the line from Jeroboam. Jeroboam the first. The son of Ahijah, for the provocation wherewith that has provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. And of Jezebel, let me prophesy about her. Everything that Elijah says about Ahab and Jezebel is going to come to pass. And people would call it evil. And God says, I'm going to bring evil upon your house and upon hers. I'm going to kill her and all of her kids. People say, God wouldn't do that. Yes, He would. And Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Both of you were cohorts in this killing of Naboth. You're both going to end up dead, and she's going to end up in Jezreel, and the dogs are going to come and eat her body, but they won't touch her head, nor her hands, nor her feet. Dogs don't even want hands that can do go to such wickedness or a head that can think such 
wickedness. Our feet can rush to it. They won't eat that part of her, but they'll eat all the rest of her. This is a long time before she dies. It's about 13 years before she dies. Him that dieth of Ahab in the city, the dogs will eat. And him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. But there is none like unto Ahab which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord. They called that captain of the ship Pequod and Moby Dick. They called him Ahab. That was a good name for him. He was an evil man. Whom Jezebel, oh, notice what it says, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. She stirred him up to do the evil that he did. That's what he got from marrying a wicked, evil, unbelieving woman. Then he goes on to say, and he did very abominably in following idols according to all things as did the Amorites whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass when Ahab heard these words, he started repenting. He rent his clothes, ripped his clothes, and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lent sackcloth and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Sing thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me, because he humbleth himself before me. I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring evil upon his house. Now, that he was his son, Jehoram. Jehoram. You can see that over here. Ahab had two sons, Ahaziah and Jehoram. Ahab ran and got Jehoshaphat to run around with him. Jehoshaphat was a righteous man. Ahab was, you thought, was godless, but here he is repenting. And God says, I'm not going to bring this in your days, Ahab, but I'm going to bring in your son Ahaziah and Jehoram. And then you got Jehu coming on the scene. He's going to kill both of these sons, plus 70 other sons of Ahab. And then Ahab and Jezebel from up here, they have a daughter. She is the daughter from hell on roller skates. Boy, she is a wicked woman. Her name is Athaliah. Athaliah, one day, Jehoshaphat's one of the most righteous men in all of Israel. One of the most righteous kings that ever lived. He had one problem. He hung around with Ahab. When you hang around with somebody like Jehoshaphat and Ahab, you end up naming your kids after their kids. Ahab had a son named Ahaziah. He had a son named Jehoram. These both were evil men. Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, one night they're running around. Jehoshaphat is running around with Ahab trying to help him beat 
King Ben-Hadad of, of Syria. Northern Israel. Ahab is in northern Israel. And Jehoshaphat's in southern Judah. And they're going to go up here and fight Syria. The Syrian king right there above Israel. Ben-Hadad is the king of Syria. Notice God keeps saying, I'm going to do this evil. People say God wouldn't create evil. He says, I'm going to create it and do it. I'm going to kill Ahab's all of his sons. And they go up here. So what happens? Jehoshaphat and Ahab. Ahab is going to go to war. He's going to go to war with Ben-Hadad of Syria. If you notice, Syria is right on the border of northern Israel and right on the border of Tyre and Sidon. So he comes... So somehow, Ahab, he tries to recruit Jehoshaphat and he gets, this, he gets him to come with him to attack Ben-Hadad. Gets him to come with him. Somewhere along the way, Jehoram, who is the son of Jehoshaphat, runs into Athaliah, who is Ahab and Jezebel's daughter. And she has to be good looking. She has to be a knockout. Because those kings and their sons had their choice of all the women in Israel. And he sees Athaliah and he marries Athaliah and brings her down to southern Judah. And there she is right there. Brings her down to southern Judah and she brings Baal in the grove of her mother and father down to southern Judah. And because Jehoshaphat runs around with Ahab, a righteous man runs around with Ahab, it's Jehoshaphat's sin of running around with a man he shouldn't be with. In 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-two, the Bible says, evil communications corrupt good morals. This man was one of the most moral men in the world at that time. But he messed with the wrong man. And his son, Jehoram, marries Athaliah. And Jehoram and Ahaziah is Jehoshaphat. Well, it's Jehoshaphat and Athaliah's son. Jehoram is Jehoshaphat's son. Ahaziah is the son of Jehoram, named after Ahab's sons up here. And Athaliah comes up and says, I want this kingdom for myself. I want to be king. So what she does, she starts killing all of the sons of Jehoshaphat that they can lay claim to the throne of southern Judah. And she thinks she got them all. She starts killing like crazy. She kills all these children of Jehoram dies. He he's dies. Ahaziah's dead. Jehoshaphat's dead. She says, "I want this kingdom for myself." She goes about and she kills everybody except one. What do you mean except one? I'm talking about except one of the sons of Judah. The king has to come out of Judah, legitimate king. Joash is saved. 
Joash was a good guy when he started until until the high priest dies who hid him all the time from Athaliah. In fact, he hid the high priest hid Joash in the temple. Well, how would that keep Athaliah from finding him? She's not going to go anywhere near the temple. She doesn't serve Jehovah God. She's not going to go to the temple. She's going to go to the, her father's temple of Baal in the grove. So he's safe there in the temple. Now, now let's go to the 22nd chapter. God kills Ahab in this 22nd chapter of 1 Kings. And this shows you how that Jehoshaphat is seduced into being buddies with Ahab. And they continued three years without war between Syria. I like you to see that. Syria and Israel. There's Syria. Here's Israel. They continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, southern Israel, came down to the king of Israel. The king of Israel would have been Ahab. When it refers to Israel after the nations are split, Israel is referring to northern Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours? And we be still and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. Syria had taken this city of Ramoth, which was somewhere in the neighborhood of the border of Syria and Israel. And he's saying, we need to go back and get that. That's our city. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye not that Ramoth and Gilead? Gilead was just across the border of the of the uh, Jordan River. It was on the west, uh, east side of the Jordan River. Gilead would be the same thing as Jordan, part of Jordan today. And we be still, we don't take it back. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, this is Ahab talking to Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to the battle of Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people. We're both Jews. We're both kings. You're king of northern Israel. I'm king of southern Israel. My horses are your horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. What in the world is Ahab talking about the word of the Lord for? He's a murderer. He's a thief and a liar. And he's married this woman and destroyed the religion of northern Israel. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead? These are not prophets of God. They're prophets. They're Israelites. But they're prophets of Baal. To battle or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. You'll be okay. 
Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord instead of listening to these prophets of Baal? Do we need to listen to them that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said, The king of Israel is talking about Ahab. The king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, but he don't like me. He's always prophesying bad things about me, and he is a prophet of the Lord, and he says things right, but whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. (laughs) I guess you do, Ahab, every time he opens his mouth. He calls you down and calls you a liar and a thief and a killer. For he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither Micaiah, the son of Imlah. He's a godly prophet. He's going to tell you the truth. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, remember God says he's going to bring evil upon Ahab. You think God don't create evil? Yes, he does. The king of Judah said, the king of Judah is Jehoshaphat. When it says the king of Judah, is talking about Jehoshaphat. When it says the king of Israel, is talking about Ahab. King of Judah sat on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Kaanah, made him horns of iron and said, Thus saith the Lord, With thee shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. He's lying. He's not a good prophet. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper. you got a bunch of lying prophets here. And the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hands. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah, the righteous man of God, spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. They all grinning. They're lying through their teeth too. Wait to see what Micaiah says to him. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them and speak that which is good, Micaiah. Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that's what I'll tell you, okay? So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead so we can pull this town back into our territory which the Syrian king took away from us? Shall I go to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall I forbear? And Micaiah answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And what's so funny is Ahab knew that Micaiah was lying to him. So he says to Micaiah, and the king said unto Micaiah, How many times shall I adjure thee, shall I swear to thee that thou shalt tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord. Don't lie to me, Micaiah. 
So Micaiah tells him the truth. And Micaiah said, I saw Israel scattered upon the hills as a sheep that have no shepherd. If you go, you're going to die. That's what he was telling him. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? I told you that's what he'd do, and that's what he's doing. Tried him. He went ahead and just told him, you'll be okay, go ahead and fight, but you're going to die. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab? This is God speaking to heavenly, somehow, heavenly spirits. Who will persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? I want him dead at Ramoth Gilead. And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit, I don't know whether it was an angel or what, and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, How are you going to persuade him? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his all his prophets of Baal. So God says, I'm going to put something in this man. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do it. God is saying, I want you to prevail in this man. And I want you to prevail among his prophets. And I want you to cause a lying spirit to go in the mouth of his prophets so that he'll go into Ramoth Gilead and he'll die. Because he's a murderer. He killed Naboth. Not only that, he brought Jezebel into Israel and she's killed many of the priests of God. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put... Notice this. The Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets. You mean you don't believe God creates evil? He'll make a man lie. He made the prophets of Baal lie to Ahab and the Lord has spoken evil concerning me you don't think God creates evil he'll speak evil concerning a person but Zedekiah the son of Cana went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee and Micaiah said behold thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide yourself. And the king of Israel said, This is this is Ahab. It says, Take Micaiah, carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in prison. Now what gets me about this? Jehoshaphat is sitting here listening to all of this, watching him being lied about and watching him putting Micaiah in prison on bread and water. Why does Jehoshaphat do that? 
Only God knows. I'd like to ask Him that when I get to heaven. And feed Him with bread of affliction, with water of affliction, until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou return it all in peace, he's talking to Ahab. The Lord has spoken by me, and he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So the king of Israel, Ahab, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead to fight Ben-Hadad. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, Ahab, said to him, Ahab is talking to Jehoshaphat. I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. But put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. He said, Give me your robes to wear so that I'll think, they'll think that I am you. And you'll wear my clothes and they'll think you are me. That way, if anybody gets killed, it'll be you, Joseph, and not me. He should have, Joseph should have seen the tricky ways of Ahab at this point. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had ruled over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. The king of the armies of Syria said, don't fight the great battle with the big ones or the small ones. I want one man, and that's Ahab. This is what the Syrians are saying. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. Surely it's Ahab. He's got on Ahab's clothes. I, it boggles my mind that Jehoshaphat would have gone along with that. You wear my clothes and I'll wear yours in the battle. That way if anybody gets killed, it'll be you, Joseph, not me. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived it was not Ahab, the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing Jehoshaphat. They wasn't interested. Didn't matter what clothes he had on. Don't matter what clothes you put on, you're still the same person inside. And this is amazing. A certain man drew a bow at a venture. This is astounding. Venture. The guy didn't know where he was shooting the arrow. At a venture is the word Tamim. T A M. I-Y-M. That is the word. It's the word upright. Righteous. It was a righteous bow. And the man draws a bow to venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. This was God working Calculus. In calculus, you've got curves that are called a parabola. If you had a curve and a chart here, that as the chart increases, the distance from the man that's riding in the chariot 
And there has to be a man somewhere in this parabola firing a, an arrow. I keep saying this. I don't know how fast the chariot was going. Let's just say the chariot was going 12 miles an hour in pH. It had to be going at exact speed. And this man with the bow has to be performing an arc as the, as the 12 mile an hour chariot is going here. And the guy draws a boy to venture and he can only be pulling the bow back with so much strength in order for it to perform this arc and hit Ahab between the harness. It was God that caused that man to do that. It may have been 20 pounds of strength or 20.12739 pounds. And it had to be that exact amount to hit him between the harness. That was God killing Ahab. The guy didn't even know what he was firing at. It was just a bullet adventure. And God gets Ahab. Thirteen years later, he gets his wicked wife, Jezebel. Now, he goes on to say, And smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness, wherefore he said unto the driver his chariot, Turn thy hand, carry me out of the host, out of the army, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died that evening. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city and every man to his own country. Everybody go home. So the king died and was brought to Samaria and buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, northern Israel, right up there at Jezreel, where they killed Naboth. And the dogs licked up the blood of Ahab and they washed his armor according unto the word of the Lord which he spake now I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter and then Ahaziah the son of Ahab in verse 49 and the son of Ahab unto Jehoshaphat, let my servants go with thy servants and ships, but Jehoshaphat would not. Now there's a time when Jehu becomes when Jehu becomes the king. Jehu goes to Jehoshaphat and rebukes him for helping Ahab in this battle. Look over here at in Second Chronicles. In Second Chronicles, I believe it's seventeen. Second Chronicles. Seventeen. All right. 
No, look at Second Chronicles 19, 1 through 2. And Jehoshaphat the king of Judah returned to his house in peace in Jerusalem. And Jehu the son of Hanani the seer. At this point Jehu is the king of northern Israel. He's a good man. Went out to meet Jehoshaphat and said to the king Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly Ahab? Why did you do that? It's not like Jehoshaphat was stupid. He wasn't. He was like some of us. He wanted to go along so he'd keep the peace. Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Poor Jehu laid it out to Jehoshaphat. Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. God's going to bring some evil upon Jehoshaphat his son's going to die his son's going to die his other son's going to die and Athaliah's going to take over the throne it's amazing you cannot fool with God and get by now let's go over here to to 2 Kings and I want to look at uh, the Second the Kings, 21st chapter. This is not Second Kings, 21st chapter. Second uh, Kings, Second uh, Kings, ten. Now Jehu becomes king of Israel. He is made king by Elisha. Elisha takes the throne, takes the office of the prophet when Elijah is carried away in a fiery chariot in the second chapter of 2 Kings. Then Elisha becomes the prophet. Let me show you something. This is very interesting. Before I go to this, go back here to uh, go back to First Kings. This is before Elijah is dead. First Kings, the nineteenth chapter. This is after. Let me erase some of this up here. God is out to get Ahab and all of his seed. He's going to kill all of them. You cannot thwart the message of God. You cannot thumb your nose at God's commandments and get by with it, especially when you're a preacher or you're a king of Israel. You can't do that. How much time do I have, Mike? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. All right. got to show you this. In First Kings, the sixteenth chapter, sixteen. That's where Jehab, That's where Ahab marries Jezebel. Marries Jezebel. I'll just put Jez. 
And in First King, the 17th chapter, that's where God sends. This is where God sends uh, Elijah, the prophet, up to the king's palace in northern Israel. And, and Elijah stands before the king and says, Because you brought these gods into Israel, Baal in the grove, made it the actually what Ahab did, since that comes out of the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and called Christmas, it's the same thing. Because when when uh, when Constantine conquered the world and was ruling from Rome, he wanted to conquer the Huns and the Visigoths and the Goths and the Burgundians and all these other pagan tribes. He was afraid this was going to come here and overthrow Rome. And he was afraid particularly of the Visigoths. They were such a barbaric people. Visigoths. And they all were sun and tree worshippers, the same thing as Israel. That's the same thing that Ahab brought into Israel and came from Tyre and Sidon when he married Jezebel. Tyre and Sidon, right above Israel. Well, God had said many times before this, if you go after other gods, I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence. I'll send them over and over. And God tells in that 17th chapter of 1 Kings, Elijah comes and stands before Ahab and says, there will be no rain for three years. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Then when you get to the 18th chapter, all these people are dying in Israel. If you have no rain, not even dew on the ground, if you have no dew on the ground, Jezebel is furious with Ahab, or with Elijah. She says, I'm going to kill him. In fact, in the 18th chapter, after the 17th chapter, verse 1, it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. It's been three and a half years, no rain. And then Jezebel says, I'm going to get him. She says in verse 1 of chapter 19, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. What he did, he set up an altar and he said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And Ahab called 450 priests of Baal out there. And they screamed and jumped up and down upon the altar all day long and cut themselves all over and bled all over the sacrifice. And Ahab made fun of them and said, Perhaps your God is asleep. You need to yell louder. Maybe he's on a journey and he can't hear you. People say, I shouldn't make fun of Kenneth Copeland. Tell Elijah that. Elijah didn't put up with anybody. And after they did this all day long, Elijah said, clean off the altar, put a new altar, pour barrels of water on the on the sacrifice and on the altar. And then he 
prayed about a 63-word prayer and said, Lord, show these people who you are. And fire fell from heaven, licked up the altar, licked up all the water. And then Ahab says, and then Elijah says, kill these priests of Baal. And the people fell upon and killed them all. And when Jezebel heard about this, here's what it says here in the 19th chapter in verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done with all had slain all of her prophets of Baal. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I make thy, thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. You're going to be just like my priest of Baal. You're going to be dead tomorrow at this time. So Elijah starts running. Typical of Christians who are not completely strong. And he takes off running out of Jezreel. He's up at Jezreel up here. And he runs the full length of Israel. Gets down here in the Negev Desert. The Negev Desert, which is south of Israel. It's down here. It's down in the desert of this tongue of the Sinai Peninsula. Gets down there in the desert. He's run the full length, about 120 miles, running from Jezebel's wicked ways. And she said, you're going to be dead by this time tomorrow. She's blaming... It's amazing... She's doing the same thing that Ahab's son Jehoram did. He was the one to blame Elisha for all the troubles that was coming upon Israel. And she's wanting to blame Elijah for all the troubles coming upon Israel. And it's her fault. It was Jehoram's fault. It was Ahab's fault. It wasn't the prophet's fault. They were doing what God told them to do. And then he starts running. Verse 4. let's read 3 and when he saw that he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba the southernmost city in Israel he's running from Jezreel which was one of the northernmost cities which he belongeth to Judah and left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness he went and sat down under a juniper tree A juniper tree said, Lord, I've had enough. Kill me now. I'm tired. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. I've had enough of that woman. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. God says, I'm not through with you yet. You ever been there? Lord, kill me. I don't feel like living any longer. He says, I'll tell you when your time is up. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said to him, Rise and eat, I've fixed something for you. And he looked and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid himself down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, 
because the journey is too great for you. You've got a long way to go yet. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in his strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, that is down in the bottom of the Sinai Peninsula. Horeb is the same thing as Sinai, Mount Sinai, to the Mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What are you doing? What doest thou here? What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, Well, I wanted to die earlier. And God said, I'm not ready to take your life yet. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken his covenant. Most people don't know that Israel was carried away into captivity in the Old Testament for the way they lived, where the kings lived. And slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left that seek my life to take it away. And he didn't know as of this point. He said, Elijah said, I'm the only one left to serve God in Israel. Later on in the chapter, God says there were 7,000 in Israel, prophets in Israel, that did not bow the knee to Baal. You're not by yourself. You never are. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountain. Now, Elijah's looking forward to something he's supposed to do after he sat down under that juniper tree and said, I'm tired of living. And break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. God wasn't talking to him in the wind. There's just a wind. That just shows you the power of God, Elijah. But that's not your purpose. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord's not talking to you in the earthquake either, Elijah. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small Voice. That's what God wanted Elijah to hear. And he tells him what the still small voice is. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice, the still small voice, said, I've got work for you to do. And said, What hast thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant and thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I only, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus and when thou comest, I got three things you got to do. That's why I told you I wouldn't throw when you sat under that juniper tree. Anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. Hazael, H A Z A E L. What's the big deal out of Hazael being king over Syria? Israel has got a man up in Syria, Ben-Hadad. 
that's always attacking them. Hazael is going to kill Ben-Hadad and get the throne. That's what God's doing. He's going to give Ben-Hadad all he ever asked for. And Jehu... Oh! This is the first time Jehu's been mentioned. Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou not to be king over northern Israel. And what's Jehu going to do? He's going to kill Jezebel. He's going to kill Ahab and all of his sons. He's going to kill Jezebel's sons. Jehu's got a work ahead of him. And anoint Jehu, the king of Israel, and Elisha. Elisha will take over Elijah's place in the second chapter of 2 Kings. And Elisha will prophesy against Israel for 50 years. He will prophesy some of the greatest prophecies against Israel. And through Elisha's hand, he will command Jehu. It it says that Elijah is going to command Jehu, but it will be Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, shall anoint to be the prophet in my place, in your place. In your room, it'll be Elisha that tells Jehu, you got to go kill the, the sons of Ahab and go kill Jezebel. It's going to be Jehu that does it. Jehu, I thought he was one of the greatest characters I ever read after. He only had one hang-up like Jehoshaphat. He would not he put down all the priests of Baal and all the Baal worship and all of the and all of the grove worship in Israel except he wouldn't put down the golden calf. I was disappointed when I saw that I realized the golden calf that Jeroboam brought into Israel. The golden calf was what he brought into Israel and said this is the Jehovah God that brought you out of Egypt gave you this land and the golden calf was more or less a title deed to Israel they kept the golden calf through all of these northern kings it was like once they put down the golden calf people will say we have no reason not to go south and join Rehoboam and all that original line this is the original on the left side that's these are all kings from Judah except Athaliah. And she was killed by the orders of Jehu. So Jehu is the hero in all of this that destroys Jezebel and the rest. So when you, if you'll notice in my Bible, I've got, I've got the 16th verse and the previous 15th verse Underlines anoint Hazael and Jehu the son of Nimshi and Elisha to be prophet. These three are going to have major, they're going to be a major part of destroying Jezebel and Ahab's lineage. It's very important. 
Do I have any time, Mike? Nine minutes. How much? Nine. Nine. Let me see. Where do I need to go here? Let's go over here to the ninth chapter of Second Kings. This is thirteen years after after Ahab is killed. Second Kings, the ninth chapter. I probably should go to something before that. Uh, <clears throat> this is the chapter where Jehu is going up to Jezreel. That is the city where the king of northern Israel lives, right next door to Tyre and Sidon, or what we call Lebanon, right at the top of Israel. And I don't want to go. Let me see here. Where did I say it was going to go? Second Kings 9. 9. 2 Kings, the ninth chapter. This is where... This is where Elisha goes to Jehu and says, God has sent me to anoint you, Jehu, to do the dirty deeds you have to do against against Ahab and against his wicked wife. Now, I'm not going to be able to go through all this, but I'll go through part of it. 9 and verse 1. Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Elisha becomes the, the top prophet in Israel in the second chapter of Second Kings. That's where Elijah is carried away in a fire chariot. And Elisha says to Elijah, Give me a double portion of what you've got when you go. And he said, If I cast my my cape down upon you, he said, then you'll have the double portion. That's what happens. So Elisha becomes the great prophet in Israel. And Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said to him, Gut up your loins, take this box of oil in thine hand, and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when thou comest thither, look out there, Jehu. Look for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. And go in and make him rise up from among his brethren and cause him, carry him to the inner chamber. And take a box of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed you, King Jehu, over Israel. Then open the door and flee and tarry not and get out of there. So Jehu is going to be the official king from this point till he's dead. So the young man, even the young man, the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were sitting, the captains of the army. The host means the army. And he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And Jehu said, Unto which of all of us? And he said, To thee, O captain. And he arose and went into the house and poured the oil upon the head of Jehu and said unto him, 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you, Jehu, over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab. God said He was going to kill off all those that urinate against the wall. Remember that? He said, I want you to kill all the males that could ever come along and inherit the throne. God is not very nice when you go against Him. That I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. You've heard of Jezebel all your life like she's an evil woman. She was dressed up in painting her face, but that's not why she was evil. She was evil because she brought Christmas into Israel under another name. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish. I'm going to kill every one of his sons or anybody that could inherit the throne. And I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall. That means all males are gone. There'll be no there'll be no progenitors of Ahab. That's lineage of Ahab. And him that is shut up and left in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab as the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. There was no one left of the house of Jeroboam. And like the house of Baasha and the house of Ahijah. And the dog shall eat Jezebel. That's what he said in that 21st chapter of 1 Kings. This is all the way to the ninth chapter of 2 Kings. And the dog shall eat Jezebel and the portion of Jezreel. And there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Then Jehu came forth to the servants of his Lord. And one said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? And he said unto them, You know not the man, his communication. And they said, It is false. Tell me, tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus he said to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Talking about Jehu. Then they hasted and took every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew the trumpet saying, Jehu is king. He's the king of northern Israel. Now this goes into this whole chapter. This is the chapter where he kills Jezebel. And he takes off towards Jezreel. He knows she's up there in the palace of the king. Ahab has been dead for 13 years. And Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Jehoram had kept Ramoth-Gilead and he and all Israel because of Hazael, king of Syria. Hazael is already killed and murdered Ben-Hadad by this point. I wanted to go through all of that and it's, I can't get it all into one message. But King Joram, or Jehoram, Joram is a contraction of Jehoram. It's the same thing as Jehoram. Joram was the son of Ahab. King Jehoram was returned to heal, be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him 
when he fought with Hazael, the king of Syria. And Hazael's already killed Ben-Hadad. And Jehu said, If it be your minds that let none go forth nor escape out of the city to tell it, to tell it in Jezreel. So Jehu, Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel for Joram lay there. And Ahaziah, king of Judah, was come down to Jehoram. Why does it say come down? Because Jerusalem, where the king was, was a higher elevation than it was in northern Israel. So it had to come down. Ahaziah, king of Judah, came down to see Jehoram, the king of northern Israel, the son of Ahab. And there stood a watchman on the tower in Jezreel, and he spied the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. And Jehoram said, Take a horseman and send to the meet them, and let him say, Are you coming in peace, Jehu? Am I out of time? Yeah. I'll finish this next time. This is the death. This is the chapter on the death of Jezebel. And God is commanding all of this evil to come about. He said, I will bring the evil upon the house of of Ahab and on Jezebel. I'll come back to this verse. I've run out of time. When you're talking about the evil God would bring, and people say God doesn't create evil, you have never read the Old Testament, have you? Time and time again, God says, I will bring evil. He creates evil for our good. That's why He creates it. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the truth. God, I pray that You'll give us strength to understand these things. Give us understanding. Help us to see and understand and know all this that's happening that we might follow your commandments and we will not veer from to the right or the left. We go straight ahead and tell in truth. Give us strength. Lead us and guide us. Fight our battles. I can't fight anybody anymore. You fight our battles for us and we'll praise you and give you glory for everything that happens, the good and the bad, because the bad is for our good. Thank you for all of it in Christ's name. Amen. Now I'll come back to Jezebel. It's amazing that all of this. People say God doesn't create evil. God says, I'm going to do all this evil to the house of Ahab. 